Hi folks, welcome back to On Call with Insignia, where we go on call with leaders innovating the future of Southeast Asia's internet and digital economy, or as we like to call it, Asia Innovation. I'm your host, Paolo Aquino, and we're back with another call. And On Call, we have with us CEO and co-founder of Wiz.ai, the leading conversational AI solutions platform here in Southeast Asia, none other than Jennifer Zhang. So Jennifer, we've met actually once already in, in person, so <laughs> it, it's great to have met you in person. I, I think that's great. And Wiz.ai, has been a portfolio company of Insignia for quite some time now. We've actually had Tianfeng as well on the podcast in a previous episode about remote working, but we hadn't really been able to really introduce Wiz.ai and talk about Wiz <laughs> on, a, on a deeper level and talk about conversational AI and all these technologies, exciting technologies that you guys are building. Now we'll, we'll get to do that with you. Before we go on call, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platforms. And stay tuned for our latest insights on our Twitter at InsigniaVC and Instagram at Insignia underscore VC. Now let's get into the call. So yeah, Jennifer, thanks for coming on call with us. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. A little bit on Jennifer before we, you know, get into the the questions. Prior to Wiz.ai, she's been a VC across both sides of the Pacific. She's a partner in, in VC firms, both in the US ecosystem as well as the China ecosystem as well. So she's seen a lot, worked with a lot of different founders. But I remember in our first conversation in person, you told me that you know you really wanted to be in the trenches, uh, you know, experience what it's like to be a founder, and you found out that you you enjoy it a lot more than being a VC. <laughs> <laughs> Is that oh, we friends. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Right. Yeah, right, no. uh, let's hope none of your VC friends here hear this conversation. But I think it's great. It's great for Wiz.ai that you do enjoy what you're doing and, and you're you're really passionate about you know rebuilding this company. Speaking of which, yeah, let's kick things off. You know, maybe you can give us a quick intro of especially for those who aren't familiar, you know, what Wiz.ai is doing and how you and Tianfeng got together and, and started this company. Thanks, like, you know, let me actually briefly introduce our, what are we doing for Wiz.ai? So yeah, usually sure. I make it quite simple. So like, you know, number one, like what we try to solve is really about like, you know, to the B2C communication problem, means the enterprise or the SMEs that when we approach their customers, they were always a customer engagement. And we try to actually automate that. So starting actually with foreign voice, so like, you know, because of me, most of the use cases we're starting to use is actually the voice conversational call, like, you know, inbound and outbound calls. And now actually we have a lot of touch points, message, email, and also WhatsApp. So we bounce up the features in, so which just help, you know, customers can actually easily to automate it, all the touch points, how they engage their own customers. And second part, I think it's quite interesting. It's like after actually you do so much, you know, actions, which is like, you know, uh, you have conversation with your customers through forms, through like, you know, message, all things. We actually summarizing and analysis those structured data and analysis of behavior, analysis intention of the customers and behaviors and gave some reference to, and also data insight to our enterprise customers or like SMB customers. Yeah. I think it's great that you explain it really from the customer's point of view as well, right? So yeah, that's great. So also like, you know, as I mentioned, we're currently covering like a lot of countries. Recently, I think we've just finished the testing of our 10th language. Perfect, we can do like, you know, English, <laughs> Singapore local language, Chinese Mandarin, and we can do Tagalog and Tagalish, and also Thai, and we can do you know, all the previous, like, you know, Malaysia's language, which is Manglish. <laughs> yeah. All the mixtures of English and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and also Indonesia Bahasa. Right, right. Well, you know, now we have Finlandese and also Spanish for Mexico market, Portuguese. So we're actually exploring more, you, you know, the di diverse... Even beyond of... Southeast Asia. 
Oh, yes. Right, right. Yeah. Now, actually, quite surprising. We're getting some of the customer out of Southeast Asia. And also, actually, most of the times, customer drive us. When, when they grow, or like, you know, when they find like, you know, similar good use cases finding Southeast Asia, then they push forward. When they go to Latin America, we'll become one of the partners. So we're actually also learn how local parts can be localized and offer like, local solutions. And also, we have the employee from 10 countries already. <laughs> so that's one part of that quite interesting. And also the domain we are in which I'm starting with the, you know, financial industry, insurance, banking, fintechs, and now actually we have telecoms, e-commerce, healthcare, and also like, you know, quite diverse in the, you know, different use cases for like customer engagement application. I think it's great that, you know, a lot of the applications actually also, you mentioned it's driven by the customers themselves. They ask for it and therefore you, you help them build it. And, and so I think that that's really a cost efficient way of figuring out where you want to build and where you want to go as a company. And a little known fact for our listeners is that I was a tester for their, uh, Tagalog uh, <laughs> AI uh, yeah the, the, yeah. The, the, the Tagalog, yeah. yeah this sort of like Taglish or Tagalog language as they were building that that part out so I, I got to experience sort of the early the early iterations of Wizard AI and I'm sure now it's definitely a lot more sophisticated and obviously it's been I think that the time when I tested that I was probably like 2019 some sometime around that and it's already been like two three years and I'm curious to know like what has been driving a lot of this growth that you guys are now able to really encompass a lot of different sectors you mentioned a lot of different languages and countries as well what are the key drivers both maybe in the in the market as well as internally within this I think there's two parts. One's really about digital transformation for the enterprise customer. Like, you know, once after, especially after COVID, everybody's had a mindset, like, you know, we need to do this automation, digital transformation, and it really gave us an opportunity. I think like, you know, not only for the timing, but also the need is really grown up. And also second ones, we're working with a lot of, we call digital native. They are, especially in Southeast Asia, Latin America, and some other area, they're growing quite fast. And once they grow, the first choice actually is not like, you know, the follow the previous in front, like how people planning with call center, how people actually structure things. They actually want to using something easy to adapt. That's actually how we play the crucial roles there and help them grow as a growing company. So we have internal have two, uh, two terms. Actually, it's the one that helps the customer reinvent user journeys, which, you know, with enterprise existing customers. Also, actually, another topics we, we usually engage with digital natives. I think Insignia also invests a lot of like, you know, great fintech e-commerce company that I grow as a great company <laughs> using our technology. And, and actually, one time, like, you know, they are growing that fast that we can scale also quite fast. It's really interesting that we've actually seen some cases where Wiz actually helped some of our portfolio companies as well. I think one of the ones that, that came on the news a year ago, I think, was, was with Cairo, where you built sort of the, the top bot for their customer service for their uh, auto retail marketplace. And another thing I, I wanted to let the listeners learn more about and really explain is what makes conversational AI AI. Maybe you can explain for us, like, how does it work? How does the AI, how, how is it really automated in a way that's sort of independent and doesn't really need that much intervention, right? From from humans or any manual work? I think usually I, I decomponent our core technology with the, like, you know, three ways. Number one is we call it automation speech recognition, which is like, you know, like people's ear. So when you carry many formations, you need to have accurate data, like, you know, to be caught. So we transcript, like, you know, from the voice data to the text. And second one is like, you know, maybe we consider it's an NLP and in your parts, which is humans, like, you know, brain. That's one part I think, like, you know, usually when we when talk, if you in the third, you know, noisy backgrounds and also like, you know, when you interruptions and also when you 
Sometimes you didn't confirm your, you know, your intention and the one sentence or two sentences and you double confirm. Those are the experience I think, you know, you know, your brain, you know, especially our brain need to handle. And last part is we call the people's mouth, which is like, you know, we do the text speech and models, which actually can take in very small, small sentence symbols of yours and the deep faking ones, like in 95 that your points. So that's actually three components combined together to be one of the, you know, the core products, which we call top bots. Then after that, like, you know, you have a lot of like, you no know, data capabilities to like an analysis then, and also showing, also engage with other channels, like, you know, the WhatsApp channels and also the message channels and to capture these customers with different behaviors and better insight to the, you know, our customers. Yeah. How flexible is it to cater to the different needs of the customers? I think like, you know, usually well, for us, we'll suggest some typical use case. We will actually hands in hands with customer and working on some of the use cases, which we think consider is very productized. And also for some customer boarding use cases, KYC use cases, we will already be very patrol for certain industry partners, customers. And also like later, then like we will drive more as customers like, you know, hey, during the whole, you know, engagement with your customer users, any pain point you want us to solve. Then actually later, we gradually drive a new use cases when we collect enough customers' insights and also their input. Then that's how like, you know, we, we cross over all the different touch points of the whole user journey. And that's something that you're able to figure out from how they use the, the solution, right? And, and what they, obviously what they tell you as well. And, you know, alongside with really growing and expanding across all these use cases, as you mentioned, obviously there are a lot more, you know, players today than there were like three, four years ago. So, you know, as the market develops further in the region, how do you see Wiz really standing out and creating, you know, it, its own advantages in, in the market? Three things usually I always mention. Number one, it's really about like, you know, we are really localized. So a lot of players in our industry, actually, you can see like they just extending sales, but their product team just centralized in one place and tech team centralizing place. But as you know, in with like, you know, every country we really have the market, we're starting to build a team. The first team build is actually R&D product team and then delivery team, then sales team. So that's how we localize some of the products and also products and also technology. So in some countries, our pronunciation of the name, for example, Thailand, very, very difficult. <laughs> Very long touch. Then like, you know, we need to spend a lot of time to conquer that kind of challenge. Then like, can make sure the products really can solve in the last mile and, you know, the problems the customer need to have. Because most of the company, I see, especially big giants technology in our area, like, you know, they don't really solve things like, you know, maybe they can like reach the general standards. Like for example, you know, they are maybe the Bay Year, which ANSR can reach like 80% the local dialect local small language but like you no know, customer if they really want to use it they need to actually drive into 90 percent and to commercial use and then usually people don't do that and also like, like now even for the industry applications some terms and some applications very neither are very a requirement of the technology enhancement for that part so that's actually we're quite good that for like technology localizing and yeah, yeah. making things curated for the, for the market, market. Yeah. right 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 our front lines very powerful we call like you know that front line to guide in the war <laughs> really centralized for one place so also it's require a lot of like management efforts for doing that and second one, like, I think it's experience. So technology for most of time, like, you know, you see AI, like, you know, it's actually a very cool code applications, especially for us, like, because we do a lot of like, you know, human touch point engagement. So actually it's a, a lot of arts engaged. 
So for example, like, you know, how you design the opening for the conversation, how you actually design the boundary of like, you know, when your boss need to collaborate with their human beings, how that boundary can be designed nicely. And even like, you know, the different use cases, are you using the more like, you know, man's tone? more harsh tones. Those are quite important. And like, I think like, you know, we call it like voice interface design, which is also the concept like, you know, just growing recently because we're quite innovative in, in this kind of market. So that's why like, you know, we actually contribute a lot of practice to do the voice interface design and also experience tailored for specific industry different use cases. That's actually part a lot of, you know, technology company maybe don't care. I think the last part is I think is also quite important. Like, you know, we actually really focusing like, you know, continue push the boundary of the technology itself. It's actually like sometimes at the beginning when we actually come, you know, starting the Singapore market, I think like, you know, nobody really spent a lot of time to the English model and we do actually invest a lot. But once we're getting the mixed language because the uh, Chinese, English and local accent can mix together, if we can actually build in the model with a very small data, remember Singapore is just a five million people's market and you can using the small data and actually building a complicated models actually that means like a other market you're much more flexible so that's actually we also observe what is the hardcore parts of this technology growing and we want actually be our own advantage there i, I really find what the, the last point really interesting sort of i thought about big data but then you, you have like you, you're able to create sort of these like ai from small data <laughs> so yeah, to yeah, speak, yeah. which really requires another level of innovation i believe to to actually get there and speaking of really pioneering ai you know and leading the way here in the region you know you guys have been recognized globally actually by the world economic forum through the WEF Tech Pioneer, you're one of the tech pioneers recognized this year, right? So, you know, congratulations on that. And with regards to that specific recognition, right? Like, how would you describe sort of, you know, the conversational AI adoption that you're seeing here versus elsewhere around the globe, right? And what are the unique things that you've learned with the markets that you've worked with versus, you know, other markets globally? Southeast Asia is very diversity. It's like a diverse market. I think because of that, actually gave me a lot of like thoughts about like, you know, how the technology can push the boundary. Then like, you know, also I feel like sometimes like, you know, you need to conquer a lot of Area, especially in small territory, but like working something out. So I think it's quite important. And second one's like sometimes you see a lot of quite interesting use cases. Sometimes when when in other market, maybe, maybe you don't think like doing outbound call is very helpful for the traffic, because body because like you know your mindset and maybe you just buying the ads and getting traffic. But here like you know really you find like actually you using this kind of onboarding process can help you actually creating some kind of funnels or like convert higher funnels, which is quite you know out of box. So it gave a lot of flexible and also bored of imagination about how can I apply to combine combine all this like you know online channel to drive the customer behavior. I think it's quite exciting. You would normally think that with deep tech like this kind of like deep tech stuff you would want to start in a more mature market. But actually, there, there are advantages to actually starting in, in a region like Southeast Asia because the data that you can get, the unstructured data and all of that actually makes, you know, the AI more robust and, you know, it's able to cater to a lot more, a lot more use cases as we've discussed so far. And then speaking of specific examples, right, you, you've talked about the Singlish conquering that early on. Maybe you can talk about one example for a certain use case, a certain type of customer and how you've actually helped them grow their, their bottom line, grow, you know, their customer engagement, the user growth and all of that. We have some fintech customers in the region. And they want actually reminding their users, but the activity is not happening all the time. 
like, and they have, you know, millions and millions of users and then we help them finish, like, you know, I think one million calls within one hour. Because like, you know, a lot of customers we have actually didn't know this, like, you know, can use like, you know, uh, elastic, you know, when they have the requirement for like elastic requirements on demands, which is like, I believe like, you know, sometimes you don't need to like, you know, two million outreach requirements, but when you go to the campaigns, like, you know, the Web 11 Lazada, so those a campaign you have, or like, you know, some like specific days, like, you know, you need to remind the customer, then like, you know, you can use us. You don't need to actually train up people, like, you know, hundred people's arm. Then like, you know, fire them another days. Actually, that's why I want the, I want like, you know, we can fulfill a electricity, like of the demise, which is quite important. So you can have those really like very massive, but not really like long-term, I guess, kind of like use cases where they come in, come out, but it, the impact can be really huge in terms of savings, right? So that's definitely a, a useful, you know, example for our listeners to know. And I also wanted to expand on, you know, we talked about Wiz being a WEF tech pioneer and really that's built on, you mentioned earlier, the first layer of hiring that you guys do is really the PhDs and the scientists. And so, you know, with that, with that talent, you guys have already over 11 AI and talkbot tech patents. So definitely really a pioneer in this field, right? So how are you seeing sort of the key trends in terms of how this technology is developing, especially, you know, into the future, like how far can this go? <laughs> how far do you see conversational AI really developing and maturing? I think so far we're already in a good commercial stage, but like we are still growing for more use cases. There's one part of that. And second one's like now we're starting with the phone because like, you know, phone channel is most challenged one because of quality. Also, you know, the applications and it's also in limited by infra. <laughs> the future is like, I think can drive more. Once um, the devices are also upgraded, yeah, I guess. So yeah. About the metaverse in the future. How you would games. Yeah. <laughs> then actually something like, you know, can apply there. So I think like, you know, it's quite promising still for like, you know, for next 10 years. And also you can see more diversity of the applications. Even like, you know, uh, now I already see quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, you think about the more common use cases these days, it's really through phones, as you mentioned, but actually the interface itself can really develop over time. And, and at the root of it, voice AI can, can sort of plug it in into different avatars and just, like I see a lot of these like web three apps where you, you can do like virtual events and things like that. And maybe Wiz can be like virtual customer service in those uh, <laughs> Web3. Uh, like, like, you know, you, you choose your avatar, right? In your universe. And if you're choosing your like voice tone, you can just use in your own, like you can sell it for models. And also in the future, if we work with Hollywood, like Beverly Hills, then like we can copy, like, you know, Star's voice and you can get <laughs> your money out, right? Things even like, like K-pop, for example, you can create your own like artists and whatnot. But yeah, that, that should be pretty exciting uh, and interesting to see and develop and unfold over the next, over the next decade. One thing I also wanted to touch on, and maybe you, you already like talked a little bit about it already, is that when we have SaaS companies on the show or AI companies on the show, they always emphasize that, you know, it's not just about giving the people the product, you know, there's also, especially in a market for like Southeast Asia, you need to have some initial handholding, market education, making sure that it's actually effective for them, right? So how does Wiz.ai really think about this from a cost-effective way, right? Because sometimes if you spend too much time on a, on a customer as well, it can be really costly as well, right? From a manpower perspective, right? So how do you think about it to be really cost-effective while still being, you know, helpful for, for your customers? 
you know, let's actually mention about how your productization, like, you know, towards the current, you know, directions. And also it's one side about like, you know, how you can enable through your platform, your user can be used it directly, more like direct or self-serving. And also like you can accumulate a lot of like good practice and good template. You can just choose and very like, you know, dummy ways to, you're, you already see like, you know, other people using the very, very nice template for the customer receptions. And like the, the manuals choosing, then like you don't need to actually reinvent the wheel. So just use it. Then like, you know, if your interface and the platform is easy enough, then like once you hand in hands, like teach them one on one or second use cases, then like, you know, they will actually building all things by themselves. I think all the SaaS company will become like, you know, platform and ecosystem, like, you know, invite more people to create things. Right. They sort of help um, each other out, improve their yeah. own experience. Sort of like gamers, right? Like they, they teach each other, how do you, how do you win this? How do you do that? And that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Also it's where like, for example, you, you design a whole like FinTech boarding user journey. So like, you know, you can probably can revenue sharing with us. Once people download <laughs> your like the, the design, then like getting revenue. So I think it's quite cool. Interesting. interesting. So the customers could actually also benefit <laughs> from revenue sharing through you guys. So that's interesting. Do you see that also maybe becoming like sort of the way that you onboard clients also becoming an AI to teach how to use the AI? Like, do you see that? It's actually a good idea because not one side actually, we will actually like our models accumulate a lot of intent. That means like customer using one simple, like, you know, intent, they can actually collect a lot of the, the data we have before. So they don't need to train a lot and like they can still like a lot, a lot intending our database. So that's one side helping a lot. And second one's like, you know, we will try to make sure all the designs very dumpy. <laughs> so like, you know, who will like, you know, make sure like in someone like, you know, just haven't know anything about this, but they, once they understand like their own business flow, they can easy to transfer into with design flow. So that's actually something our product teams will do. We're working very hard on, yeah. You guys are, are our best position to actually do it, right? Because that's already essentially what you're doing for your customers anyway. So might as well do it for, for Wiz, for, for your own company as well, right? And, you know, speaking of, even if I think AI will definitely change a lot of the menial and the manual stuff and the repetitive tasks, managing a company, bringing people together, running running this in, in the top levels, we'll still need humans to actually do that. And speaking of, you know, actually managing people and bringing people together, I wanted to ask, what's your, what's your approach actually, since you've been, doing this already for the past three, three, four, five years. How do you approach bringing in, managing a team across several countries? You mentioned that it can be sometimes a, a bit of a logistical challenge, right? Like having to let these teams sort of run their own show, but at the same time, still making sure there's standards and all of that. Well, what's your approach to that, especially trying to find the right leaders in different geographies? People is important. Your leaders are important. And also like your culture is important. Transparency is important. And the easy to access is important. Be open is important. I think all the elements is actually combined together it can really helps you you know to operate daily to daily much better and the second one's like i think so far yeah we're quite open so like you know we would try to encourage people like you know not only focus on current countries actually we quite support like you know across region or cross boundary collaboration and i think like so even now like you know also we will try to shop the reporting line which is you know fairly flat then like make sure like you know some, some kind of communication can be easy 
And the last part, I think like, you know, I think as all the founders, you know, design companies like design own, own products, we are actually all growing together with the company. So sometimes after you think about recently, you find an idea and they share with the leaders and then we can try something together. But you find like, you know, it's actually not so efficiency. They just say like, you know, let's change. And uh, I feel like it's transparent and uh, I love the terms of that very important term called the intellectual honesty. For all the like, you know, my leaders, my teammates, then like, you know, they can know me like me. I, if I realize something I'm wrong, I need to speak out. I can, that's changed. So that's actually something culture. Be straightforward is important, especially cross-bordering. Most of the time when you see the, the cross-bordering issues, like, because you don't know what happened from line. And also like you have too many layers. And also you don't have the new sense about the local insight because the layer in the communication and the sound like, you know, some urgent cannot pass to you or pass to other regions because like, you know, they don't really speak out. So I think that's important to encourage those things. And also like, you know, once you actually start to think about, for some of our Thailand projects, so we're getting a Singapore colleague, Philippine colleague, and also Indonesia colleague, the support from like sales, pre-sales, or like, you know, delivery side or training side, so all the things though. So once actually they carry one or two times, actually they notice they have more career path towards like regional growth and also conquer more countries. Now actually sometimes my find more like bigger countries team. Then like the go-to-market strategy and go to new countries, actually, they will be pioneers to bring your cultures there. So you actually get the teams, not necessarily from that country, also involved to support and, and actually help in terms of the go-to-market, which is, which is really interesting because it also helps them with their own sort of like career development. And a follow-up question I had to that is you, you mentioned that you guys are all growing as, as Wiz is growing as well. Like how has starting this company and running this company impacted you as a person and impacted the way that you, that you see the world, right? You came from VC, a completely <laughs> the, the dark side, uh, so to speak. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you came from the other side of the table before Wiz, right? Like, so how has that changed your, your worldview? I think most of times actually, when you of VC world, you don't need to manage a lot of people. You only work select with some of the people and also like, you know, you are the coach. You just like see, so, so all the founders are players, so you see the coach and you select, maybe you select the players, but they run the show. This is one of my, like, I think like, you know, when I was young, like I feel like being VC is cool because you can like, you know, talking with the most, you can talk most brilliant people, like smartest people in the world. So I, I believe all, most of founders are very brave and very smart. That, that's the reason you're willing to bet then. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's not. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make sense otherwise, right? Yeah, I think also yeah. it's very interesting in those challenge jobs because those are the most smart people and you're, you are actually need to make money from them too as a VC. When you come to the founder side, because now it's actually, it's your own show. That you, you need to run by yourself. You're creators and you solve it problems. And there's a lot of operation problems. And you cannot really track in the genius, like fizzy guys at the first days. But actually, you actually together grows with your teams and who people who willing to join you. Maybe they're young, they're passionate, but they're like, you know, they still need to hunt a little bit with the professionalism. They still actually need to explore how their management skills. So those are people actually you need with a totally different type of people, which you met in VC world. And also you need to have the directions and need to actually think deeper about like, you know, what I should do next. And also like, you know, why actually people follow you? And is it really your, like, you know, uh, other people's dream? You need to influence them. I think it's quite important, like, you know, hand dirty to fix things. It's slight difference, just, you know, someone sit there and see. But it's a, a strong achievement. I think myself, like, you know, I reflect myself a lot. And I think like in being a founder it's actually helped me be more patient. And as I mentioned, the intellectual honesty. I saw also, I see like, you know, sometimes like, you know, I be more empathy 
about like, you know, the teammates I have. And also I, I enjoy times that really the very, very, you know, difficult moments. Then like we're solving the problem together and we are the only people who can rely on each other and solving the problem. So I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You really feel sort of you're, you're, that you're playing with a team and that you're all working together towards a shared goal. What advice would you give to your past self, your VC self, now that you've experienced being a founder? What would you tell your VC self to maybe, you know, change in terms of how they, how they engage with founders? I think sometimes giving some helps is good, but also like founders mindset is like extremely optimistic and also very, you know, a creator mindset. So it's like, you know, when we're working with the VC, sometimes I think I would love to actually have a more problem solving partners. Like when we bring VC, really bring the problems and they can help us a lot. That would be appreciated. But if you just like, you know, see my financial statements, knowing where I'm at, it's fine. <laughs> 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 I say that. But like, that's quite, you know, a little bit like, you know, not as a teammates, but just like, you know, see someone in my cap table. It's, the feeling's different. Somebody who can actually be there with you in the in the field and, and actually help solve very specific problems for you guys. So before we get into the rapid fire round, you know, I, I wanted to get your sense of like, where do you see this whole space moving in the next five years? And what will the role of, of Wiz.ai be in terms of its future growth, in terms of shaping conversational AI, not just here in Southeast Asia, but maybe, you know, in, in other regions as well? Our ambitious actually, let's go globally and figure out more like, you know, application use cases and for what industry. And also like, you know, I think we pushed the boundary of technology development, their models by their real business use cases. And the last part, I think is I can explore more like an you know, interface, not only for the phone line and also other interfaces, maybe the auto cars, like those things, you can actually still have some kind of applications there. A lot of, of these new, like upcoming interfaces, like metaverse and all of that, that are very interesting. And I, you know, as somebody who has experienced testing the product before. Can't wait for another uh, program again for me to test. Maybe on a new kind of device <laughs> on Oculus or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it should be very interesting to see how you guys take things forward. And you're certainly, you know, leading the way for a lot of different uh, industries and, and regions and markets, right? So on that note, I'd like to get into a rapid fire round, the most important part of our podcast. I just ask very quick questions. You can give very short answers. And yeah, first things first, what are the top three traits of a great CEO? Great CEO, I think like I already mentioned about like, you know, I think Briefness and also important and also like, you know, transparent, quite important. Sincere, very important, but also in the intellectual honesty. That's actually, I, I think it's so. But also like people come to like fast learning, which is good. Yeah, I, I, I drive myself in that way too. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of fast learning, like what would be a book, podcast or any other type of resource that you would recommend to learn more about AI? Quite a lot. If you are very, very junior and just taking some class in Coursera, you know, the engineers have the very basic ones. And also a lot of books, like, you know, for artificial, by examples, maybe you can understand and use cases, like, you know, artificial intelligence, like engine, those are things like you can know technology, you can know applications. I think I'll read quite a lot when you search for YouTube and the right, books. Right. Are, what's your, what's your favorite? What's your favorite out of the ones that you've, you've I encountered? I, I learned AI from the, the Coursera's, like, you know, engineering school. And then, like, you know, you have a lot of books and also you're talking with a lot of like, you know, tech genius guys. They will actually put you in there. And also like later, you'll learn more about the use cases. So that's quite important. And you listen to the domain players, how actually they have drive the one uh, application deeper. And that's how, what the value it is. So that's why like, you know, you know, there's so many books and class and also like, you know, you just need to start starting from somewhere. What digital technology or innovation excites you the most today, apart from 
AI or what you're working on it with? <laughs> I think, well, metaverse is quite exciting. Also, like, you know, Web3 is quite exciting. And we, we want to see another layer of work. We will actually figure out what is actually in the next level of the applications. And also what, what happens in the enterprise applications in metaverse. Because I'm sure with that AI is itching to see what, what's going to happen in Web3. Because that will open, you know, really open the floodgates for you guys in terms of more, more use cases, I'm sure. What advice would you have for professionals, you know, from other regions or markets who are looking to, you know, plant roots and, and really start a company or invest or, you know, play a role here in Southeast Asia? Talk to the local people. Yeah, that's quite important. Localization is quite important. And then you can pick some of the language like Bahasa. And <laughs> actually, I spent some time, you know, learning Indonesian Bahasa and trying to and, and I really try to learn Thai, but my writing of Thai is very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite a lot of fun. Because actually, yeah, I, I, learned by, I learned language by like, you know, the understand local cultures and how they engage. That, that's actually quite interesting. All the like, you know, people who want actually really roots in the Southeast Asia, I think it's most important resisting the market where you want, which is also my philosophy. I spend a lot of time with the countries, like, you know, we have customers and talking with them. It's, it's like, you know, all this, you know, insight is most important, like get your first hand insight. Not really you'll digest someone like second layer, third layer will be actually really misleading. Just reading, hearing from somebody else or reading a report. Yeah, it's not as it's not as real as you know actually being there. I might be able to guess your answer here, but uh, just in case, what's your most memorable class or course that you've taken or anything that you've thought as well? Like, yeah, if you've taught any class or course before. Maybe this time I won't actually mention about the class or class because before I, I, I when I was in that, you know, US, actually I was doing one of the pattern producer for one of the you know, some kind we call the road of innovation. It's actually a documentary. So I have been lucky to interview a lot, a lot of genius founders. And I know one of the case, you know, episode I took is really, uh, I sit in front of the engine, one of the, one of the famous, you know, the biotech companies, their first chief scientist. And that's actually a lesson in my life. I still remember that. It's like, you know, I felt like, you know, how, like, you know, I saw the story is very simple. I said, like, you know, when you find that, you know, you are you're working on this so many years and try to figure out that the experiments can be success, but you try so many times, it all failed. But the moment you see this kind of like experience, actually the test path is become positive and which means like, you know, experience success. What actually your feelings? I remember all his colleagues actually very, very excited because people all recall that moment that people were saying, because that's actually the really the breakthrough means like they can, in the future, they can be the billion dollar company. And before they're just like, you know, almost for all, all the money. I saw his face is super calm, super quiet. It's not really like, you know, something people like Bristol thinks is very exciting like us. <laughs> I believe I will. I think that's the right results. Then I just trying. And then the figure out is just like, you know, this is supposed to be like that. So that's why I retouched me a lot. Besides any other like knowledge learning, like, you know, the class I took, but that's the impressions I remember in my life. It's like, if you really choose something, you're brilliant enough and you have your own judgment, you have only sight, just Need do it. Your own conviction, right, right. Yeah, and, and like in yeah. moments, it's not really about exciting. It's just like, you know, you believe, you strongly believe, you just become true. That's it. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, I thought you were going to say the Coursera course and AI, but thankfully, <laughs> no, that wasn't the answer. <laughs> it's a much better answer than I expected. <laughs> and finally, our last question is, what's your favorite activity to de-stress? Lacking of sleep. One thing is like, you know, I, I can do this like, you know, maybe a sleep, but also like, you know, I like reading. 
I like read a lot of things. Very diverse. So sometimes you'll see my, you know, catalog. You know, I read all the time in my Kindles and also like, you know, I, I like paper books too. Most of the times I, I choose different topics. What's the most recent one that you really like? The most recent one that you read that you really like? I think, I think like anthropology. That's actually a very interesting thing. Very interesting books from Penguin, the, you know, Lenten Penguin. So like, you know, you, you can see like, you know, how the... The ways of human beings. Just like there's so many interesting things I see. Uh, so many like, you know, sometimes I, I read quite different like type of books, which is diverse, your know, mindsets. And you don't need to really read all the times about, I like architecture. So I read a lot of architecture related. Oh. Also read basically like, you know, you know, seven important class of the physics. Also like, you know, I love the things like, you know, they can't explain the complicated things, but simple. I told all my leaders like, you know, don't really write in those items. Like, you know, nonsense. The sentence is complicated. Just like it's showing like even dashboard and like you know the table like you know you can tell everybody is like complicate things into the simple things that's actually something i learned i think it's really amazing when you're able to come across a book that takes a really complex topic and, and really breaks it down for you on, on that note you know thank you so much jennifer for coming on the call with us it was great to actually learn more about wiz.ai as, as a company and how you see sort of the ai field really developing maturing not just here in South Asia, but globally and how you guys are really at the forefront of that with all the innovation that you're doing and excited to see where you guys will take it. And also really great to know you as well, Jennifer, and, and get to know you a little bit more through the, through the rapid fire round. Very different kind of the founder. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we had a serious talk and then we had like a, a little bit more fun conversation <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Man, yeah. Hopefully, you know, again, I, hopefully I get to test one of Wiz's products in the future. Oh, no problem. Our, our Tagalog version is getting really, really good. <laughs> nice. That's good to know. I, 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 might, yeah. I, might have, I might have even used it, I don't know, like at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Answering one of these calls, right? But yeah, thank you so much again for coming on, Jennifer. And hope to have you in a future season to give us an update and what you guys are building and what we can look forward to. But in the meantime, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having Wiz AI on On Call with Insignia Polo. And what you just heard was actually the Wiz.ai talkbot. For more information, head to wiz.ai. Stay on the line with us for more conversations with our founders and investors in the region. Until our next call, I am Paolo Aquino and this has been On Call with Insignia Ventures.